That's what it's called. Yeah. Here, see, watch. Oh, yeah. Ooh, see. that was a good one on the back end there. Just... Makes a little jingle. <laughs> Hello, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen. We have Dustin from the, the Wayne... Wayne Hoskins Band. Yeah. The Wayne Hoskins Band. Yeah. Local here in Utah? Mm hmm. Grew up in Bountiful, Centerville area. Went to Viemont High School. and Yeah, local here in Utah. How long has your uh, band been around? Oh, let's see, 2000, so I moved back from Colorado, lived in Colorado for a little while, actually I was their manager, they were called something else, the the four or five original guys, um, moved back from Colorado in 2008, um, and I took over as lead singer in like November of 2008, their, uh, is that right? Yeah, it has to be right, yeah, their uh, uh, lead singer had a much larger vocal range than I do. So we had to completely rewrite, and then uh, our drummer and bass player kind of just up and quit. So I got on MySpace. This is back in the good old MySpace days. And I remember MySpace. And they, uh, <clears throat> and I posted, and I got an answer, and it was two uh, um, guys that I'm positive it's for jail time. Um, Carl, <laughs> Carl, and they were cousins. Carl and Eric Santoro, um, drummer and bass player. They stepped in, and it just took off from there. We wrote new music. We started an album in, in 2009 which is our blackbird if you like you don't need to play it but i mean if you oh, see yeah. the blackbird there and then we got signed to a label uh called rockfish records and they we began recording the breaking here ep and went on to try and record a full-length album we ended up running into problems with the the uh it wasn't really the producer the engineer and ended up in virtual lawsuits and they never got released so the Red Building album is a compilation of everything that we've got from the Blackbird Breaking Here album and anything else that we had recorded prior to that. And then and somehow we went country. I don't know how. Yeah, so that's why I uh, I took your The Thousand Miles song, which is one mm. of my favorites, and Drive. I like The Thousand Miles and Drives. I took that and I'm like, I'm looking at it and I'm like, yeah, this is country. I'll throw it in there. Oh, yeah, completely. It's country. Not, and I hate to, I hate saying all, all of our country fans... I listen to a lot of Americana, so I love like Chris Stapleton and uh, Jason Isbell, um, <clears throat> Laurie McKenna, and uh, Sturgill Simpson, which are quote unquote country, real real country, not radio country. But none of us listen to radio country. But we we lucked out and had a lot of good support from uh, guys over at uh, 101.5 The Eagle, um, John Watkins and Tracy Chapman and. Uh, Erica Hernandez, we just had a lot of help from those guys over at the radio station, and um, they just gave us opportunities, and we ended up, at one point, uh, had Sony um, Records looking at us, and... Sony Records? Yeah, but we didn't have any music to give them, so, yeah, kind of blew that one, but anyways. I'm sure you can always come back to it. It's, yeah, it's... Or at least something better. It's It's tricky... You know, it's just tricky. I, well, I mean, we, we'll dive into this discussion, which is um, that book that you quoted that we were just talking about, um, Amusing Ourselves to Death, um, basically talks about the advent of TV and that old song from the early 80s that, you know, um, Video Killed the Radio Star. Yeah. Oh, you know? okay. I'm trying it's, 
it's we're we're getting old, you know, and I don't know. Uh, podcast killed the <laughs> video killed the radio star. Podcast killed the video star. Yeah, pod podcast killed the uh, I don't know the journalist. <laughs> No, the yeah. podcast killed the newsroom stars. Yeah, that, that definitely it is. I mean, Joe Rogan. Oh, Joe, dude. Yeah, yeah. I I really like him. I think he gets way off base a lot of times. He's out in left field, some right field, whichever one's the not the good one. I don't remember. Is the right field? He swings. He swings a lot of different ways. Yeah. Um. But at least he gets like the point out for other people mm-hmm. too, especially when it, <clears throat> I don't know when it comes to. Yeah, let's go towards gas, or let's go towards wind. Let's right. go with the you know ice cube. He brings both. He brings both sides on, and I love it. And I, that's what I love about him too. He's very humble enough to allow himself to be educated. Yeah, <clears throat> he doesn't stand on an opinion and say this is the way it is. He's like, oh, okay, well, give me some more information. I want to. He just seems like he's uh, hungry for knowledge, essentially. You know, um, which is not to switch gear gears necessarily but my favorite podcast is one called econ talk i haven't heard of that one sounds boring as hell econ talk it's like economy econ economics it sounds boring um the guy's name is russ roberts he's actually the president of um the university of jerusalem and he is an economist but an economy economics is part of the humanities Mm -hmm. so it's technically part of philosophy and like the last one I listened to two nights ago was, and I had to read the book first, and I just finished it uh, the day before. Um, was the, he spent an hour and a half with um, oh the professor of philosophy at the University of Indiana, and they talked about Leo Tolstoy's short story *Man and Master*, and it just about the complexities of humanity. Mm-hmm. It's beautiful. But he'll go all the way off on regulations, on you know the problems with why if you have a simple job of you just cut hair and you marry a guy and he wants to move to whatever, you marry a girl and she wants to move to Colorado, you can't. You can't just pick up and move and start cutting hair in Colorado. Yeah, as a as electrician, um, if I get, well, my journeyman's, and there's only some certain states that that are only recognized right otherwise you got to be you got to go through the licensing process uh-huh redo yeah. it again yeah like, okay here we go yeah and it's i mean but the argument there is and i know now we're going down some really weird avenues here um it doesn't matter that's the whole point good i like weird avenues the argument there is one of my favorite sayings and it's a saying that's been beat to hell is the road to hell is paved with good intentions right yes you were just mentioning that and i um i was actually reading on that yeah, I was, I was trying to rush up on, and and it comes from essentially um, a lot of different things, but essentially that a good intention people usually end up trying to set up an, some sort of a social or political infrastructure that is there to quote unquote benefit everybody, and it ends up restraining everybody. So I th- breaking that down, I think about that when it comes to families where. The previous generation before mine and before that generation, they did really well for themselves. At least some people did. And then they're like, okay, I wanted everything to set up for my kids. Right. And they're like, their kids all have have it good and whatnot, but they lose the sense of responsibility unless their parents do it. Right. 
Um, and they either become rebellious, they're, especially when it comes to religion. They want the, we need you to do this, this, and this, and this. Well, Mom, I don't want to. Right. My, they don't this see, will be good for you. They don't see the value. I mean, that's why uh, failure is such a good and necessary thing in, in uh, learning and experience. I, I coached football for 15 years. And we had some good years. And we had some really bad years, more bad years than good years. And and there's more teaching in losing than there is in winning. Yeah. You know. Um, but you have to keep. Well, like for you, uh, for you, it like it would stick with you. But you keep cycling out through the kids, and so that's kind of a relearning. Right. Right. It, but those kids, I mean, are are. There's an. So it's football, right? Let's yeah. use it as an analogy or metaphor here. <clears throat> There's nothing, in my opinion, for a 13, 12-year-old kid struggling with identity, struggling with everything he's going through, you know, um, trying to figure out his place in the world. And I do believe, to your point, that when things are given to kids, they fail to develop their own identity, right? So football is a means by which, successful or not, that they can define themselves. And what I mean by that is that... Um, if I've got a kid that plays middle linebacker and he's 12 years old and he's undersized and every single play that kid that's two times bigger than him comes out and just knocks the crap out of him, puts him on the ground, steps on him as he walks away, whistle blows. What does that What does that 12-year-old middle linebacker, undersized middle linebacker have to do now? Whistle just blow. Play, plays dead. He's got to get up, get back in position, and face it again and face it again, and face it again, and face it again. Knowing full well he's gonna get his world rocked every single time. I, I think there's something um, beautiful about that, you know what I mean? Especially at that age. Being able to try and try again. Try and try again, and he will inevitably find some success, or he'll define himself somehow. I had a kid on our team that was absolutely the worst player on the team, um, and he had, in five years, he had, I think he had one interception. Just ball came right to him. He caught it. He popped up. He's he's now 26. I pop. I, when I talk to him, that's a memory he holds with him. So and that 12-year-old kid then takes that memory or that identity to, with him to school, and he sits in class, and when shit gets tough for him, he looks at himself and says, I've, I've faced worse than this, you know? Yeah, you've already been through it. It's like, I could do this. This yeah. is fine. If, I can, if I've done this, I can do this, you know? I don't know if it's a self-infliction of mine, but um, when I go through a scenario just like that of constant failure, or I'm at a job site um, that's severely cold or severely hot, I always have to put myself in the mentality. I used to watch uh, the the TV show Pacific, the Pacific, uh -huh. the World War II soldiers that are in the Pacific Theater. Yeah, and they some of them had to cross an air an airfield without any water for a few days. And so whenever I put myself in these environmental situations and it's not working out for me, I'm saying, quit being a bitch. Do it. <laughs> right. I need to stick with it because if, if, if kids younger than me and people that, that were just thrown into, into it, like drafted people, I'm kind, I can't behave that way. They're, right. I have to step it up. Right. That it's, so that makes me think of two different things. One is... Um, my daughter just started reading, and I read for the second time earlier this year, uh, Victor Frankl's uh, um, Search for Meaning, Man's Search for Meaning. 
which is about him going through the concentration camps. Now the first is about how um, those that just had, I guess, horrible words. In fact, I brought a notebook with one of the quotes in it. Um, that man has hope. If he has hope, he can get through anything. I mean, it's amazing. And Dostoevsky has a great quote about it's amazing what man can face Don't, uh, I love in the middle of sorrow, you know. Um, but it also takes me to that 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 really un funny, I guess, anecdotal maybe, of that mouse that they drop into a bottle mm -hmm. um, and let it tread water for 45 seconds and or something like that or like five minutes. Well, eventually the mouse kind of gives up and drowns. Well, they grab the mouse and pick it up and pull it out. This is like in the 1950s, I think they did it, and save it. Well, they've got another mouse that they um, don't save, or they do save. they got two of them. The first one they save. They save both of them. And the first one they... Oh, now I'm screwing it up. It's You're all screwed right. up. <clears throat> Anyways, they save it, right? Well, they put the mouse back in and the mouse will tread water for like two hours. Because it has hope that it will be saved again. I mean, it's, it's part of our psyche as well. Socialism. Here you go. Government's yeah. got it. Government yeah, yeah. But to an extent, yeah. But it, I mean, at the same time, that goes with anything, any ideology. Religion is exactly the same thing. If it, once you keep, uh, every time you keep falling, forgiveness happens, and we'll right, get back up again. Or when we die, there's going to be something out in the afterlife. So, if in Albert Camus, basically, like if we had a true, full awareness of what actually lies ahead of us, what's to stop us from just his famous line: "Is should I have a cup, cup of coffee this morning?" Or should I kill myself? <laughs> yeah, I uh, I think about that a lot. Not killing myself, but yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, a, yeah. Okay. I think about the afterlife a lot, actually. So, uh, in so there's one religion. It's one of my family members. It's from the East Coast. It's not Presbyterian. It's uh, starts with another P. It's, uh, Protestant? No, not Protestant. It sounds like the same. It sounds like Presbyterian. Oh, okay. Um. <clears throat> Pre, it's already predetermined destiny. Oh, so you oh, can't, right. You can't determine it. It's right. already, it's already done. It's already been done. Um, it's not. Uh, um, oh, it's driving oh me nuts. Gosh. I cannot think. Jehovah's Witnesses. It's not because they believe in predestination. I, I believe they. That's do. another fascinating group. I, yeah. I went to the church a few times. Just oh, did you was, really? Yeah, I was curious about. Wow. That. I was mainly curious um, on why they don't celebrate birthdays and whatnot. But, um, right. That's like the Amway religion. You know what I mean? What's it? Oh, the Amway, like it, selling out your friends oh, and family. The, and in the end, only like 300,000 of them are actually going to make any man. Or I mean, go to heaven. <laughs> <laughs> oh, the pyramid scheme. <laughs> the pyramid scheme religion. Uh, shoot, where was I going with this? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. So this one, this other religion um, has, you know, the... I think it's the Church of Jesus Christ, Latter-day Saints. They have a... Uh, Terrestrial kingdom, celestial, and then the other kingdom. Telestial, yeah. Telestial. So I thought about it, I'm like, so me and my me and my wife are married. I'm the bad boy. Yeah, you She's are. the good child. Yeah, she is. So I don't even know her. I just met you. I can already tell. <laughs> you met her too. <laughs> you, you reek of evil. <laughs> so I thought to myself, like, we're going to be sealed forever. Right. And I thought to myself, Mike. So does that mean I go to heaven prison, where it's like she gets visiting rights because she's in the yeah. upper? She's oh, in the, absolutely. She's in the upper kingdom, and yeah. I'm in the lower kingdom. You pick up the little phone, you talk through the plexiglass. Yeah. <laughs> Honey, what am I gonna get out? I miss you, dear. <laughs> For all eternity. Yep. I I also think about what if you're like 
what if you have family members you don't like and you're spending because the the idea is also when you're go to heaven you get to see all your family members and whatnot i'm like right and i hope they have visiting rights too or they don't have visiting yeah rights. I'm sure i have family you, members you i choose that right i'm assuming yeah. well i always imagine when you go to prison you know or when when you go to prison to visit somebody or vice versa they come to visit me if you show up and they say hey steven's here to see you i could be like ah i don't want to go up there i'm good you know <laughs> i'm good right you don't have to go to the plexiglass window. <laughs> I guess. I'm going to still... Uh, have you seen Supernatural? I don't think I have. So they have a scene where they're visiting one of the main characters. He died in like previous seasons. So they, they have to go into heaven to go f- find something. Uh-huh. But heaven... Um, every person in heaven has... It looks like a, a dorm. It looks like <clears throat> dorms. Uh, like a, an apartment building. Right. And you go into the door and you open it. You open the door... And this main character has... He's living in the mountains. It just opens up into a whole new world. Like, okay. he's living in the Uintas. Oh, okay. And okay. so... And and they come and see him. It's like, he's just drinking a beer on his porch. He's like, I'm glad you made it. He's like, no, no, I'm not dead yet. I just need some information. <laughs> <laughs> I thought would be cool if Heaven was like... So, it, it, it... However, okay. Now, I'm going to get weird again here. Okay. Jorge Luis Borges, who's my... Top five favorite writers. You need to read him. It's all short stories. He's from Argentina. Um, went blind at the age of 45 or 50, something mm-hmm. like that. Absolutely adore him. He's metaphysical. He's existential. He's poetic. He's prose. Um, um, he's Dostoevsky and Vladimir Nabokov combined, but it's all written in Spanish. Anyways, he's got a short story. It's like 20 pages long called The Immortals. <clears throat> they and it starts with this guy who leaves i'm imagining he's in the middle east and he leaves looking for the um oh the fountain of youth right for immortality and he's searching and he's searching and he comes across these weird people living in in this mountain and there's caves everywhere and they have really long beards and they're dirty and they're skinny and they just squat on the ground and nobody talks um they won't even make eye contact um and he's kind of infatuated with these people and he decides i'm gonna i'm gonna help these people they're obviously got some problems so he finds one in fact one of them had a bird's nest in his in his hair and his beard something like that he'd been he hadn't moved so long Mm -hmm. um that birds had nested in his beard anyways he starts he finds one of them and kind of makes eye contact with him so he chooses that guy and he starts talking to him, and he starts trying to just educate him. This guy's not responding at all. He starts reading to him. Um, <clears throat> uh, I can't remember if it's uh, it's Homer. I think it's the Iliad. I think it's the Iliad. No, man. Anyways, he, so he's reading to him. Mm-hmm. And he's reading to him, and he finishes it. And finally, the guy stop, talks, and he looks up, and he says, It's been so long since, since that book. Since I wrote that book. Since I wrote that book? It was Homer he was talking to. Oh. He'd found it. He'd found the Fountain of Youth. It was there. And he'd been drinking the water as well. And they'd been immortal for so long that they had no zeal for life. There's nothing left. So the analogy of that guy sitting in the mountains drinking beer. God, doesn't that sound like hell? That sounds... For all eternity, that's all you do? You know what I mean? You know? And so that's where my next phase of thought process goes into this, where 
of the idea of reincarnation. So my dad put it this way is our brains are like computers with that with SD drives or our souls are. Right. And so we're like our cell phones, we have the what do they call the the, the 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 phone uh, microchip or whatever the, the, the chip for our phone numbers right oh the sim so, card yeah yeah so our cell phone is our bodies and once our battery goes to shit which is our heart <laughs> we're like okay, or anything else in body. my case by the way I'm drinking uh, double rye whiskey it'll be my liver <laughs> <laughs> yeah that's how you go <laughs> so. Um, once you die, you, whatever, you go to heaven or hell, you endo- in, enjoy your afterlife, and you're like, alright, and then either fate or whatever, whatever flows happens, you're like, alright, I'm ready to go, and they put a new, they wipe your old memory, put a new SD card in, right? and they send you back, it's like, by the way, you have a, you have a terabyte of information, have fun on earth again. That would be fantastic, that would, that would be, I would love that. I would love that. New challenges. There's that other, again, science experiment where they took, um, I think, a colony of mice. Maybe like, I don't know, it was like 10 of them. They put them in this giant um, maze, mouse maze or whatever, right? Mm -hmm. And they continually feed them. They give them everything they need. Food, water, there's entertainment, all this crap. Well, the population grows and grows and grows and grows. Well, they start segmenting off into like these little clicks and it's mice. I think it's mice, it might be rats, but they start segmenting off in these little clicks and eventually some sort of weird hierarchy develops because they have no challenges at all. And they end up, they stop, they stop. um, Initially they fight and they start killing each other off and then they end up, they stop having sex and they stop eating. And after, I want to say it was like two years, the entire mouse population is dead. Because they have no challenges whatsoever. And I think that we need that. We need suffering. Dostoevsky's like the king of that. You almost made it sound like a prediction. <clears throat> Where are the, we're, what are we doing right now? I mean, not us, us individually doing yeah. right now, but we have... Well, I know, lo- I know what we're doing right now. Yeah, the, yeah enjoy. <laughs> huh. we, have such, we have such luxury. Mm-hmm. Like, we... In particular, America, that people are having dogs as kids. And, right. Uh, I'm I'm a fur mama, fur fur babies, my fur babies. Um, you posted that quote, and now I have to find it really quick. That nailed it on the head. Um, and I don't want to. I should have pulled this up earlier because I I knew we were going to get in this. Yeah. Um. I sh- yeah. Uh, so I can pull it up real quick. Quotes. Neil Postman. So Neil, the book that you quoted and I'm reading right now is called um, Amusing Ourselves to Death. And here we are. Um, And he's talking about George Orwell and Aldous Huxley and the two books, right? Brave New World versus 1984. Right? So Orwell wrote that. uh, Yes, that's it. That's it. Yeah. Did you want to read it? Yeah, I was going to read just this part right here. which I think goes to the point, and it's exactly what Neil, um, and I forgot his name, Neil. Oh, they were the flip. They were the flip. Yeah, they're they're both. Neil Postman. So imagine we're those mice, right? Okay. Um, well, here, I'll, I'll read it really quick, but it's... it's what, what Orwell feared were those who would ban books. What Huxley feared was that there would be no reason to ban books, because there would be no one who would want to read one. And I'm 
paraphrasing a little bit. Yeah. Orwell feared those who would deprive us of information. Huxley feared those who would give us so much that we would be reduced to passivity and egoism, which is kind of where we're going. Orwell feared that the truth would be concealed from us. Huxley feared the truth would be drowned in a sea of irrelevance. Mm. Mm-hmm. Orwell feared we would become a captive to culture, and Huxley feared we would become a trivial culture, preoccupied with some equivalent of the feelies, the orgy-porgy, and the centri- centrifugal bumble puppy. I don't know what the hell that is. but <laughs> As Huxley remarked in Brave New World Revisited, the civil libertarians and rationalists who are ever on the alert to oppose tyranny failed to take into account man's almost infinite appetite for distractions. In 1984, Huxley, in 1984, Huxley added, people are controlled by inflicting pain. In Brave New World, they are controlled by inflicting pleasure. In short, Orwell feared that what we hate will ruin us. Huxley feared that what we love will ruin us. They are both very much true. Exactly. So I was just talking with somebody um, yesterday about um, being not really getting excited. Like I'm feeling like numb for the most part, and I love like I think I'm addicted to Minecraft. I yeah. love playing Minecraft, man. <laughs> Good. It is so much fun. <clears throat> but um, he, the person I was talking to, was mentioning that a psychologist and that he knew was mentioning that we are so we we love getting hit rapidly by endorphins like right. just like constant enjoyment that's all that's all we want constant 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 and then when we don't get that we're just like well i don't feel like meeting new people i don't feel like doing this I, right. it's not it's not giving me the endorphin hit that i want and so we're on a weird path where we're like pleasuring ourselves to death and we're when things are not going our way, we become Karens and complains. And right. Well, or, yeah, we, we lash out at the world. We <clears throat> So Martin, again, I know I'm quoting all these books, but Martin Gurry, um, I read his book. Uh, it's called The Revolt of Public, and it's something you should absolutely read. In fact, this Neil, um, God, I forgot his name, Neil. Neil Postman. <clears throat> Neil Postman is reiterating, reiterating everything that um, Martin Gurry said although it's the reverse neil postman i think his book came out and i don't remember when it came out but it was before uh martin gurry's book anyways martin gurry is basically equating as is postman um the advent of the printing press to the advent of the internet and how we are so overwhelmed with information right now that everybody is a quote-unquote expert yeah yeah and the the, the the battles on Facebook. The oh true God. experts are drown out in the screaming, or they're drown out in just like he said irrelevance, or negation. Um, there's a there's a master of negation that's going on with everybody, you know. And in fact, I even did it today. I don't usually do this, but um, I was on Instagram and I mm. some somebody posted something about. <clears throat> somebody talking about um the downfall of capitalism and how uh, you know greed and rooted evil and all this stuff like I, I get it but they the way they pronounced it was basically it was just rhetoric that you know the haves and the haves nots and they have no chance and all that fun stuff anyways not to go down that road but i said this is nothing but 
rhetorical garbage. Well, somebody jumped on and, and like, how do you know? Yeah, exactly. And so they negated me. And so <clears throat> I, of course, I'd like kind of just going, <clears throat> you know. Anyways, I I did the same it, thing. It it's even more <clears throat> difficult because you're tr it's you get yourself and this is more and this is book I quote um, the Arbiger Institute, the Anatomy of Peace. Okay. So when you're in a conflict with somebody, like for example, like if I was a uh, I don't know, Democrat and you're Republican, mm -hmm. and I'm trying to convince you to see my way, but you are very fixated in your position. I'm very fixated in my position. What's the end result? Why are you putting all this energy into debating with somebody when are they just trying to understand? Or are they just being a social justice warrior? Are they just being a douchebag? Right. It's like, okay, before we get into this, what is what are you wanting to get out of me? Are right. you just wanting to see where I'm coming from? Because a lot of times I can't explain what i'm trying to explain but it makes sense to me and i just cannot put it into words and i'm like please just like take me take me um a leap of faith um, i guess no exactly and and that's what we talked about mm. joe rogan earlier the reason i like him mm. and and i love russ roberts is because both of them are open and willing they're not writing some um, uh, echo chamber. They're not sitting in an echo chamber where they surround themselves or they pat themselves on the back because somebody else repeated exactly what they think. In fact, all of us, this entire country, the entire world, depending on how you look at it, is, would do really well to be not a negation skeptic, but a healthy skeptic. Somebody that says, yeah. okay, wait, what, what, what did you say? Um, Let me try and understand. Know, actually, that, that con contradicts what i believe but uh, yeah let me understand you give me more information we don't do that we don't do that at all in fact what we usually do is after three or four sentences we especially on facebook um we derive ourselves to name calling <laughs> oh <my>. immediately <laughs> so 2000 i can't remember what year it was 2018 2019 i uh I enjoyed starting fires. Oh like, yeah, just debate. So I asked, I asked people just the general question, quote, "What does AR stand for?" End quote. Well, eighty comments later, it was a bloodbath, man. Oh, like, there's people like anti-gun and pro-gun. I'm like, dude, I'm just asking. Can somebody answer the damn question? Right. It's Armalite rifle. It's not assault rifle. It, however, rhetorically and whatever word I'm gonna get wrong. AR is just an acronym, but the what what uh, the it was like a question I was at, asking, and whoever got it right, I'm like, here, here you go, here's a here's a cookie, go away. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> I'm so glad you know what I'm talking about. See that guy over there? Go get him. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's it's amazing, and and I just and I'm I'd like to consider myself, and, I, and a lot of my friends will call me. I've got a number of friends um, that will call me pretentious. What does pretentious mean? I just uh, I should know, but I don't. Eric, I like uh, know it all. Okay, I see. Okay. Now I'd like to say that I'm not. I would. I but at the same time, it's one of my favorite things to call myself as pretentious. Um, and I guess um, so. I think it's Carlo Rovelli, who's a theoretical physicist talks about the differences between absolutes and ideologies absolutes in 
religion and politics, which are both the same kind of thing. Both of them are based on ideologies, but absolutes in contrast to science. And science basically says, here's the answer. Here's the answer until you prove me wrong. And I'm okay with being proved wrong. In fact, I want you to prove me wrong. Test it, test it, test it, test it, test it. Because the minute you prove me wrong, we've taken a step forward. And that we get to reevaluate and get to like figure out things where we went, went wrong and we might discover something new about that. Right, exactly. It broadens our horizon. It broadens everything. It just takes me back to that Nacho Libre. You've seen Nacho Libre? Long right? time ago. Oh, yeah, where he says, uh, um, I, I don't believe in religion. I only believe in science. <laughs> <laughs> it's the homeless guy. <laughs> I sound like that guy. Um uh, so, I like uh, Letter Kenny because they keep saying allegedly. Oh <laughs> allegedly. I watched it yesterday, that opening scene of the first episode. It's good. Absolutely classic. So, like, whatever I quote on this show, like, or somebody else quotes on here, that um, they're, they're trying to give me facts, and mm -hmm. I'm going to say, allegedly. Allegedly. Because we're, we're human. We're, we're not always right. And in some point of in some point of way, we are right, but in someone else's perspective, like, well, well, actually, shut up. Right. Yes. Oh, you could tell me later. Right, and and, but, and that's that balance though between negation, which is because uh, allegedly is on that side towards the side of negation. However, it's also on the directly opposite of it is humility, which is here's the answer, the scientific side of which is saying here's the answer. Prove me wrong. I'm not, it's not a fight. I'm not trying to push against you. I'm saying, here's so far all the data. Prove it wrong. Let's both go at it. Let's prove it wrong. Um, and that's the problem with ideologies because, um, I mean, Christopher Hitchens talks about religion. He says, anything that can be proved without um, facts can be disproved without facts. Like, religion and certain politics and that's why e economics falls under humanities it's well, this is what's supposed to happen oh yeah oh, oh yeah is that what's supposed to happen brought to you by marxism <laughs> yeah, yeah brought to you exactly brought to you by lennon yeah exactly call 1-800-596-1515 that's 1-800-596-1515 if you have alcohol problems you should probably not drink it right now better well, i don't have an alcohol problem. i'm fine with it <laughs> i'm really good at it in fact oh uh so um so for arguments arguments um i learned from my foreman uh his name is troy coolest guy ever he he taught me a lot and he's taught me a lot of valuable lessons that i have now taken not for granted but i've um very very much valued is whenever you get into an argument such as your wife or your significant other or your spouse or whatever um responding right away assuming and uh impulse has gotten me in more trouble right. than ever and like he I kept right he, there right yeah he yeah. kept he kept calling me out for it because i uh, he's like dude shut up don't quickly like respond like like if somebody insulted me i'm always so used to be insulted so i just throw something instantly back and it's like no dude they're just joking so in regards to your significant other when they're wanting to talk to you about something and you just kind of have a anger switch that you're just like no yeah. That's, no, that's. I have to pause and say. In some cases, I'm like, let me get back to you on that. Let me think about this. Right. And let me give you. 
the answers I really want to give you without trying to be a douchebag. Right, exactly. And and uh, pull the emotion out of it. Yes. Pull the emotion out of it. And, be a Vulcan. And it, exactly. But you still need to have heart in there, which is that... Uh, this, like, guy, I, this is a podcast, right? I can be all weird and... Yeah, you can um, so I have this analogy again about life and about specifically relationships, whether it's you and your wife, girlfriend, people you work with. There's there's a counterbalance. There's two different human characteristics that are essential to every healthy relationship. One is um, security. And when I say security, I mean the opposite of insecurity. You know what I mean? So mm -hmm. when you're insecure, you hold you back up. You're like, yeah, whatever you want. Okay. You know, you're the doormat. That's a right? offspring self-esteem. Yeah, exactly. But the opposite of that is the, mm -hmm. I'm right, you're wrong, go to hell, I don't care what you say, I'm right, I'm going to push you around, I'm going to be the bully, right? Mm -hmm. We don't want that, so there's a balance there. Empathy is the opposite of those two contrasts. They balance each other. You need a healthy balance of security and a healthy balance of empathy. And when you throw in exactly what you said, patience, which is, okay, don't react, I need to sit back and I need to use my empathy and realize, okay, what is she saying to me? Why is she saying it? Where is she coming from? Put myself in her shoes. At the same time, healthy amount of security that says, don't just kowtow to it and fall apart and be the doormat in this relationship, but don't be a dick either. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Um, and when you balance those two out, I feel like that's, uh, and if the, both couple, both parties are doing that, it's a good thing. There, I just rambled a little bit. No, I'm okay yeah. with that because uh, it's, I think, well, Seven Deadly Sins. Uh, right. Pride, uh, pride and uh, mainly Pride. I can't think of the other ones. I can't think of the other ones, but Gluttony, it doesn't... Gluttony? I'm just thinking of the movie Seven. Uh, I thought of uh, um, Full Metal Alchemist. Uh, <laughs> good show, by the way. Yeah. Um, no, Pride. So, like... Well, people who are always right. It's like, no, I have to be right, and I have to tell you why you're proven wrong. Well, what's your point? What is the end result of why you're trying to prove that person wrong? All you're going to get is resentment, resistance. Bitterness. Bitterness. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Especially, especially when you come off saying, well, let me tell you why you're wrong. Right. Well, okay, middle finger for yeah, why. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> But imagine that. So I'm I'm your wife, right? Okay. <clears throat> I, I shave my legs for this podcast, by the way. Just <laughs> um, I'm your wife, and you say that to me. The problem is that's a that's a that's a downward spiral, right? Let me tell you why you're wrong. There's only one way to break that, and honestly, it's if you were to say that to me, and I and I said, okay, <sighs> okay, yes, <sighs> okay. I, I am sincerely and intently listening. I, I need to know why I'm wrong. Tell me why I'm wrong. But that makes Dawson. They're like, what? what? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, so my wife, she, uh, somebody asked her, like, no, no, she got this from somewhere else. They said, how do you handle stupid people and stupid questions? And how do you try to get away from it? And it's like, or people that are arrogant start arguing. You, you say, the only way to get out of this type of situation is like, you know what? You're absolutely right. Right. You're absolutely right. Have a good day. Yeah. Bye. Yeah. Just walk away from it. Yeah. And because and you can even take this towards bullying, like um, perception projection of parents verbally abusing their kids and the kids 
have whatever mental issues they have. They bully the kids at school, and so they're projecting their problems onto other other people. And so, why am I don't me? Okay, I'll, I'll just pretend like I'm the victim here. It's like why why am I getting picked on? I did nothing to you. Maybe, maybe I'm the weakest link of the of the land, but your problem is not my problem. Why should I internalize your problem? Right. So, so you can't like instant. Um, this is where the untethered soul comes into play. Is your brain is always talking. It won't shut up. Absolutely. And it just keeps talking, 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 the talking. Internal narrative. Yeah. And so it's like, okay, hold on, shut up real quick. Think about this. It's not me. It's you. Right. Brought to you by relationships. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> this podcast is brought to you by. <laughs> um, and I think that's exactly what. Uh, this is where I turn into a pretentious ass. You know it all. <laughs> you no, I just think that. So in all the movies you watch about Rome, right? And the senators are in the. In the um, uh, oh my gosh! Oh, their uh, amphitheater. Yeah, the amphitheater. The, the not yeah the their yeah, courtroom. The, yeah, and they're talking about the masses, right? And they're talking about the people, quote unquote. And right. they say the people think they know what they want, but they don't know what they want. So we got to make decisions for them. This is where I turn into a pretentious ass. Um, I do believe that a majority, a vast majority of people. Now, if you're asking this, if they're going to tell you yes, of course they do. <clears throat> don't question themselves healthily what i mean by that is standing in front of the mirror and going i'm not worth it i'm not worthy i'm a bad person or i'm not good enough for it that's not what i mean i'm talking about um i take religion this is what i believe this is what i'm gonna stand on they don't ever stand up lift their head out of the clouds and kind of go okay wait, wait am i willing to at least listen to something contradictory no, we've been programmed to think this way or the highway. Yeah, in fact, um, I, another book I read was called "The Evolution of God," and it takes us all the way back to, um, you know, he talks about all the way back to um, hunter-gatherer times and the clans and tribes and how part of w what was necessary in us as human beings to survive from an evolutional psychology psychological standpoint was that necessary hey you, i'm with you you and i we're in the same tribe i don't know who the hell that is over there <laughs> yeah. let's kill him you're right they got some good turkey over there <laughs> yeah uh, but and 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 we still have that you know oh yeah and so when we if we're able to realize our own failures and stand in front of the mirror and instead look at ourselves in our own minds and question our own beliefs I, I think, and that's Voltaire says that all the time. And, you know, everyone, every great thinker says, question yourself. I don't think we do that. Instead, we see a meme on Facebook, and that's how we define our entire. Um... <laughs> oh, my gosh. Uh, you, um, you posted this. Uh, sorry. Oh, no, you're good. Let me hold on. Okay, holding on. So we're going to edit this part out. Are we edit? Are you editing this? I can, yeah. Oh, no, I mean, you don't have to edit. This would be kind of funny. Right I walked that away. <laughs> I'm back. <laughs> <laughs>
Brought to you by It's Really Hot In Here. We Need AC. Uh, brought to you by It Was Getting Dark and We Couldn't See Each Other. Yeah, it was like... Brought to you by... Actually, I will say this. Brought to you by High West out of Park City, Utah. Their double rye, a blend of straight rye whiskeys, is delicious. By the way, we're, you got to explain these. We're, we're drinking... Um, Beverages out of these cups. You got to tell the story. These cups are amazing. Well, uh, yeah, I can tell you. If right. you haven't before. Um, well, first off, High West is not is not sponsoring, not sponsoring this podcast. This, yeah, but uh, but High West is good. If you like High West, delicious. you should drink High West. You're welcome, <laughs> High West. We just helped you out. Yeah, there you go. Anywho, so this is a Freemason symbol. The G, uh, the yeah. G and square encompasses. Um, the G. Well, I can't break down everything, but I can break down this because I know it. The G represents geometry. It doesn't represent God. Right. It does not represent Illuminati, if any of you conspiracy theories are out there. Um, <laughs> Mathematics. 24-inch gauge and then the compass. Right. Um, this one, that's Demolay. Demolay is a Frenchman, if I remember right, from the 1300s. He started the fraternity of the Demolay. It's for really? young. It's for it's like Boy Scouts in a way. It's like young men's um, Freemasonry. So cool. And then the uh, for women, it's they their symbols not on here. Their symbol is the Job's daughters. Right. Um, that is the Shriners. Okay. And the Shriners Hospital. These guys right. uh, do a lot of charity work for them. So cool. It. Um, and then you have. Oh, that's a... What is that one? I can't remember. What did that one? I think that's Knights Templar. Or that's York Rite or Scottish Rite. I can't remember. Um, Knights Templar is, well, the crusading thing, but right. they're evolutionized where they're yeah. not douchebags. Right. They're good people. <clears throat> These guys, they're, they're all branches of Freemasonry, which right. that's, the, that's the center of it all. My dad actually has a sword of the Knights Templar. He was, he was uh, honorarily admitted into the Knights Templar. That is awesome. Yeah, really cool. He's got a he's got a freaking sword in his office, right next to his uh, rechargeable battery pack. You know. Yeah, like my swords. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah, you do. That's I used, cool. I used to have a whole lot more, and then uh, so I cool. sold them. Sold a lot of them. So cool. Um, what was I talking? Oh, about? you were gonna say. I I have a feeling I know which post you were referring to. That I that you said I posted. Um, oh yes, yes, yes. Um. Back to our subject. Uh, it is uh, It's with the buds of Buzz Lightyears. It's a um, rich peep. Uh, oh yes. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, it's it's uh, Buzz Lightyear close up, and he says, uh, um, "I graduated from college. I've got my degree. I'm going to become rich. I'm special." And then it backs out that scene in Toy all, Story where it shows all the Buzz Lightyears <laughs> in the entire aisle, and they're all yelling the exact same thing. Yeah. It's oh fantastic. yeah, dude. Um. So I uh. I can't speak because I've never been behind it because <clears throat> I paid for my college out of pocket. I never... Right. Uh, I'm still paying for my college out of pocket. Congratulations. Can I borrow your pocket? <laughs> uh, someone was complaining about, like, they struggled and they strived to make sure to um, get their college degree and, like, they did, you know, 12-hour shifts or more and then they worked three or four jobs and whatnot. And then all of a sudden, this thing where there are people getting bailed out for it, or uh, the government's handing out—they're like, "Hey, we realize that this is kind of like 2008, right? Except with college." Yeah. And uh, 
I know. I think he was. I think the person was bitter about it because it's like I didn't get a handout. I want a handout. Yeah. Well, that goes back to your point about the kids getting everything handed to them. Empowering versus enabling, or enabling versus empowering. Let me. Yeah. Same thing. Wait. Mommy uh, and Daddy bought me this. Mommy and Daddy got me this. So you've I enabled them, yeah. I want my $120 Nikes right meow. Well, and I still have the belief. It's not still. Still makes it sound like that I'm clinging to it. I, no, I, I firmly believe that... Um, and this sounds patriotic and nationalistic, and I don't mean it to. I, but knowing world history, we live in one of the greatest times in the greatest countries that's ever existed in humanity. Now that doesn't mean that we're not flawed. We got some big messes. In fact, I could name a few, one of which is in a book I just finished this morning um, called um, uh, On Tyranny, is that most Americans don't have passports. Why do I need a passport? I don't wanna go see those heathens. They have no rec they have no understanding of the rest of the world. Anyways, that's one side of it, because we're- Or speak of, multiple languages. I mean, if you think speak I'm pretentious, America's pretentious in the right in the in the negative way. They come to our country, they should learn our language. Exactly. And me, I'm like I'm I'm I took Russian, German, Spanish, and French. And all I know are the swear words in all four languages. <laughs> <laughs> um, but when you study world history, you understand that we do live in the greatest time in the greatest country on the planet, potentially. Arguably. But um, what ends up happening is that we become those mice where you just start killing each other yeah we just start finding we need struggle we have to have it and part of the reason when in 1989 when russia finally disappeared oh uh the soviet union yeah the soviet union i mean the 90s were good and then all of a sudden 2001 happened 9-11 happened and it united this country and because we have really kind of no challenges after that it just kind of now we're fighting each other uh yeah you got oh uh, what is it neo-nazis you have the uh, blm is another group you got the lgbtq group then you have the people that are the trumpers then you have right. the, what's, what's super, the big one? super democratic sbelidocious yeah <laughs> exactly what's the other one though the uh the far right um oh, you have the oh my gosh the, f the wow i feel like an idiot you have the people that are boogaloos which there's nothing wrong with wearing Hawaiian shirts, by the way. No, I no, no. Perfect. You're wearing one right now. I love fantastic. I love Hawaiian. Um, Dude, hot summer, breezy shirt. Anyways, and then tactical gear with Hawaiian shirts also looks cool, and I hate I hate it being tagged with Boogaloo. It's stupid. Then you have the three percenter group that's considered a terrorist group, I guess. Right. You've got a number of Uh you uh, uh the Good Lord, I cannot think of the name. What are their... What, what the heck are they called? They're blamed for everything. They're the ones that were blamed for um, uh, January 6th to an extent. The uh, At least there were some of them planted there. <clears throat> and it sounds like I think they, oh, they the, were... The, 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 FBI, the FBI or CIA? Yeah, the FBI. Well, that's, <laughs> a, that's a whole different terrorist group. <laughs> no, the IRS is the worst terrorist group on the planet. Uh, oh, taxation uh, is theft. Yeah. It's funny how we moved to tax taxers from 6,000 miles away to now here. Oh, Probably got that number wrong, by the way. 
Yeah, there's no fact checking here. No fact. Um, Actually, that's what we're doing right now. We're going through because Google is the inevitable fact checker. Um, I, I, a FOS, I want to uh, say it starts with an F. I want to say NAFTA, but that's not oh, American free trade. Oh, FIFA. Fair enough. Uh, FIFA soccer. No, no. no. <laughs> um, oh, we got to look I, this you, up. Yeah, you know what I'm talking about, though. Anyways, they. So it's really interesting. Fas- not the fascist. The sem. The far right. Uh, yeah. Which, hold on. Go on. You were saying. No, no, no. I'll, I'll give you the it's word. It's really in interesting. A so I think it was Ben Franklin that said, um, uh, "If you're, when you're young, you should be um, a dying, uh, bleeding. Essentially, I'm, I'm slaughtering. This wasn't his quote, but you should be essentially left, right? When you're young, you should be on the left. As you grow older, you should become more conservative and move to the right." I'm actually, I've, I've considered myself somewhat of a constitutionalist or libertarian or a neo or, or a classical liberal, which is um, what Thomas Jefferson was, more of the free market, free economy, free everything with bumpers. So if you're bowling, you get the bumper lanes, you know what I mean? Yeah. So ball doesn't go in the gutter. That's me. I'm that. But I am starting to move, surprisingly. I can't even believe I'm saying this, and I shouldn't even say this. Slightly more to the left. Now I'm not going left, but I am. I've always been a centralist, but I don't believe in that either. They all have little aspects that you agree on and disagree with, right. but some has more acceptance than the other group. Well, and if you, if everyone believes that there's a right and a left, it literally balances out. The same asshole that's all the way on the neo neo left is the same asshole in the neo right they actually balance each other out the guy that's screaming about uh and, and I'm, I'm not trying to go down certain roads but the guys that's screaming about um uh communism is the same guy that's screaming about um the exact opposite you know mm-hmm. and, and they balance each other out and, and in most elections it's actually that 10 to 20 percent that fall in the middle that actually win or lose the elections. It's the people that kind of go... Who actually think about it? Well, I'd like to say that, but I don't <laughs> think it is. Yeah. Which goes back to the book that they, you the, quoted. What do they call the swingers? Swing yeah, votes? exactly, the swing votes. Well, oh, the co- Which I would love to think that they are well-educated, they're brilliant. I would love to think that. I actually believe that at least half of them, if not more, are voting based on... I like that morals. Guy. No, that gets giving him too much credit. Oh yeah, there's no morals when it comes to politics. I like huh? that guy. That's how they vote. Okay, I, <laughs> I'll put it out there. I'll put this out there. I like. I like Joe Jorgensen. Uh, when she was running, uh, she was the Libertarian running against uh, Trump and Biden, and then right. Kanye West. <laughs> <laughs> I, I voted. I voted for KW. No, I didn't. Uh, I voted. So the reason why I voted for um, um, Joe Jorgensen is one. I thought she would actually be kind of cool as a female president. Because like I looked at her some of her things. I'm like, okay, she seems like the well. She seems balanced. And then I also thought I voted for her because I'm like civil war or civil war. Guy who sniffs kids and guy who should probably be removed off Twitter. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. We, we kind of got the, uh, yeah. We, 
We, I, I do believe that politics has become to the point that we've watered. If, if somebody's running for office, we find, we, I mean all of us, whoever it is, journalism, people, individuals, Facebook, we find every single flaw we can possibly find on them to the point that we eliminate them. So what do we end up with? We've eliminated this guy because back in high school, back in high school that one time he did this one thing. Or in college he said this thing. Or he wrote a paper on this and there was one line out of that paper. I really didn't and, like him at home alone. Yeah, we, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> we eliminate them. And what do we end up with in the very end? Either extremist or the Boy Scout. It's so effing boring, has no experience, but his hair's perfect, he says everything right, and he doesn't do a goddamn thing. I gotta tell you, listening to Obama talk and listening to Kennedy talk, and not I'm not quoting, what I'm trying to say is I really like listening to them talk. It's like, wow, I don't know what you're talking about, but you sound really good. Eloquent. They, well-spoken. Well-spoken yep. people. Yep. And... And that's actually, it's, um, again, the book you quoted, and I know you haven't read it, that um, Neil Postman. Oh, yeah. It, yeah. It's f fairly, I don't know if you listen or read or I do listen both. To but yeah, Audio, it's, it's like four hours long. It's easy. Oh, yeah. Um, he nails it. He's like, and so does Martin Gurry with the Revolt of Public. He's like, um, I can't remember if he says Grover Cleveland or somebody who weighed oh. 350 pounds. He's like, there's no way in hell that guy would run for president now. He wouldn't win. It's not a chance because there's a picture of him. His words are irrelevant. Is he the one that got stuck in the bathtub? No, I think actually I could be completely screwing this up. I want to say uh, Garfield. Garfield's the one that got shot didn't believe in modern medicine they dug he got shot as he was walking into the train station and the people that found him tried to dig out the bullets with their fingers uh-huh and he ended up dying like two months later or something like that of infection he was assassinated quote unquote but um people presented him right then at that same point was um somebody that had um disinfectant essentially they could have cleaned out the wounds and saved his life. But he was like, all of his doctors were like, no, that's, that's, that doesn't work. Okay. It's great. It's a great book. I heard, uh, I was, I listened to Dan Carlin a lot. Mm -hmm. I love Dan Carlin. Hardcore history. Yeah. Not sponsored by the show, but I put 100% into Dan Carlin. If you're going to listen about history, he's not a historian and he's not biased. He throws both both all historians into his little podcast so he gives you all points of the stories anywho and he's funny about it he's i've listened to dan funny. carlin a number of times yeah um i wanted to talk about him twice uh since you've uh, mentioned it the first one is when you said great as like great as a country or great as this and he said great nut is not necessarily good right like when I hear the make make America make America great, great. make no, America no, no. great again, it's like okay, well uh, that comes with a lot of baggage, right? Um, and then the second one 
What were we just talking about? Hold on. Uh, Say the last thing. Uh, <laughs> that was the, there was the point where I was going to... Oh, just that you have to be on TV, or you have to... Um, or the, the, um, Garfield rejected... Oh, yes. Okay, the story. So he was telling a story of these doctors... I think it was a, these German doctors that were treating a bunch of people, and everyone just kept dying. And they couldn't understand what was going on. and But they found out it was the doctor's fault because they weren't taking proper procedures of hygiene. They weren't right. uh, wearing gloves or they weren't wearing masks. So the doctors were... They were killing the patients. Yes, they were, yeah. Yep. And I forgot where the point I was getting to. <laughs> um, there's there's no. just a lot of, I think, if... And I'm not saying, look, I, I, I this is where I become pretentious again. I, I do read a lot. I do. And I like hunger for knowledge um and i want to be contradicted i will read the opposition i don't want just some biased opposition i want somebody that has some yes some focus and so i'm really um in fact goodreads.com or goodreads the app which is not sponsoring this podcast either uh but huge props to them because um that's what i used to track all my reading and research all my books mm-hmm. um I get a really good feel for before I dive into a book I can go through and read all the reviews and they're they're from everybody else um, and these are all readers if you're on Goodreads you're reading uh, and they discredit it or they give it props or I can see through all the BS and the bias anyways that book that again you quoted um, uh, amusing ourselves to death had some really good reviews on it and so I dove into it this morning and I'm 20% of the way through it? I guess that'll be my next book, because uh, I just finished reading uh, Meditations by Marcus Realist. Uh, Freaking <laughs> amazing book. Guy from what was 150 AD or BCE. Yeah. I can't get those two mixed up. Uh, or 300. Also good. Don't quote me. Anyways, Marcus Realist is freaking brilliant. Like, everything that he says, it's like, oh my god, I do that. Oh my god, I should be doing that. Right. Like, like giving um leave the past alone like the past is already done nobody can take away from the take away the past from you what they can steal away from you is the present right and quoted from kung fu panda i don't know who said it but master Ugwe is today is history or yesterday was history tomorrow is a mystery but today is a gift that's why they call it present present yep and like like for this podcast, for the when you're coming to my show, I'm like, oh my god, I'm so sorry, I'm being, I'm running late, I'm oh, stealing, no. I'm like no, stealing your present. Yeah, but if like if your time was on a set, if like if it didn't, if it did matter to you, uh, and you were waiting on me, it's just like I'm wasting your time. So that's why. Oh yeah, that's but, something I wish like. So and so that quote, I think about that quote all the time from from Kung Fu Panda. Um, so I've got a few favorite authors. Number one is Dostoevsky. There's no question. He's awesome. I need to listen to more. The Brothers stuff. Karamazov is the greatest novel of all time. You have to listen and realize or read and realize that the story is irrelevant. The story is a ship that carries the actual message. You know. Um, the other one is uh, Jorge Luis Borges that I told you about earlier which is Uh he is he is Dostoevsky and Nabokov combined meaning he writes in prose it's beautiful his his um, poetry is 
brilliant. Um, he's got a, a short story called The Aleph, in which a crazy man convinces a journalist to climb down into his basement, look into this one little sp spot, excuse me, in that one little spot, he suddenly sees the entire universe all at once. Beginning of time to the end of time, everything that exists all at once in one spot called the Aleph. And it's theoretical physics. He's, he's, he's basically talking about theoretical physics. Third one, Will Durant, greatest historian of all time, writes again in prose. And Dan Carlin mentions them all the time. Will Durant is a god to me. I could quote him all day, every day. Um, uh, Solzhenitsyn is brilliant. He's the Russian author that wrote the uh, Gulag Archipelago. Um, uh, all I'm saying is that people... I'm not saying you need to read. I'm not saying you need to sit down and spend all your hours listen. in front of a book. But at least listen or jump on YouTube. Get on YouTube. Turn the damn cat videos off. The kitten videos. Uh, and like, why are you doing dishes? Listen to stuff. Yeah, yeah, exactly. That's it. I mean, listen to some podcasts. Now, I do think there's a lot of garbage out there. Well, yeah. You know, but it's the same thing. I mean, podcasts might be one step. This is not one of them. This is amazing. Um, one podcast can be one step above um, um, Netflix. There's some brilliance in there. So that brings brings me back to the the constant pleasure thing, mm -hmm. where constant endorphin hits. I found like I could be doing using my time so much better. Like I love Minecraft and I love Netflix, and I'm sure a lot of you listeners love Netflix too. And there's a lot of good stuff on there, and then there's a lot of... You work eight hours a day. You deserve to go home and watch some Netflix. And you and do. I you totally, really do. Like, you need some R&R. &R, you need to relax. But I found myself, like, I've been... Like, I have so many objectives to do. The stuff that I really want to do. And I just, like... Nah. I don't feel up to it. I My energy's out. I just want right. to chill out. Right. But I waste so much time on it. And, and I think that's the thing is get out of... I know I'm not saying you or anybody necessarily. I am saying dedicate some time to it. I, I For me, my, my problem is I need to go to the gym. <laughs> this COVID, I put 30 pounds on. Right there, 30 pounds. Now, I love red wine. <clears throat> and I love scotch and whiskey and bourbon. And I'm a connoisseur of sorts of, uh, again, pretentious ass when it comes to food, film, literature uh and music pretentious all the way around and what it's done to me is that i sit on my ass and i i listen to music or i watch movies and i drink a lot um but my problem is i don't go to the gym i don't manage my diet but a diet as far as taking 30 minutes if you, if you choose to go down a rabbit hole go down a rabbit hole in books or at least on youtube uh, Hobson sings about that. Uh, I think it's Ill Mind 5 where he said, like, I think it's Ill Mind 5. He talks about, like, a girl that's always dressing up, kind of dressed in skimpy and going home with a guy from the club. He's like, oh, he talks about he's all high up and all that, and then he find, she finds out she's from the gas station. He works at the gas station, and he's about to, she's about to have a kid. Or people who are just behaving like losers, and they don't learn anything or develop anything, and they're just kind of stuck 
they're just stuck and um and I can understand how that easily it is to get so stuck into like you're just oh easy you can't move especially like financially it's like okay what am I supposed to do guess I'm gonna go home and I, I'm going to stop by and try and grab a cheeseburger from McDonald's for $1.79 and I'm going to go home and watch the $7.99 Netflix that I pay for and and that's all I can do but it's but it's not. The problem is, is you just got to... Uh, so there's this great meme that said um, I realized that everybody that I thought that was smarter than me actually just knew how to use Google better than I did. Oh my god. <laughs> and it's so, so true. Like, so, I have one friend that this kind of pissed me off, too. Is, I went to one trainer, which he was uh, ex-military. I think he used Marines, and then he also went and joined the force in California. Or a police force. And he was teaching me how to shoot, shoot a pistol. Like, right. So you bring it up to the to where your tit is and then you pointed out and you said to use your hands like a turret instead of your arms because your right. hands move faster and then my friend tells me no he's completely wrong my friend is not even in any military force he's not even police force he doesn't i mean he knows how to use a gun but he doesn't have a background credential right. to tell me the to tell him that, that guy's wrong credibility. and so i'm like all right well I'm gonna nod my hand because you're my friend, but like, I almost felt like when he was talking to me, it was almost like a belittlement. Like I didn't know anything. Well, he, he's Martin Gurry's uh, amateur expert. Let me tell you. Yeah, exactly. I mean, about guns. That revolt of the public. He he knows yeah. everything. Now the internet is, I it's so amazing how many things I read about uh, everybody talking about. Uh, the fact that right now in in the world today, the phone I have in my hand right now has nearly every single piece of human knowledge that's ever existed in my fingertips right now. You know what I'm going to do though? I'm going to flip over to YouTube and I'm going to watch some kitten videos. Yeah, it, we're so prone to distractions. The cheap. Just cheap distractions. Just like how most of the products we buy at the grocery store is, like, for for example, McDonald's. It's cheap, but it's yep. really bad for you. Right. So. Yeah, and and, and brought to you we, by we like. <laughs> by <laughs> pornography. Exactly. If it's exactly. free, then you're the problem. Now, at the same time, don't discount me. I love me some good McDonald's and... I love me some good pornography, so don't <laughs> don't mistake that for that. There's not value in there. However, um, I don't know. We just we can't cheapen ourselves. Just take a take. I don't I don't know if you, if 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 somebody would just if somebody was taking me 25, 30 years ago. I'm old, and and actually pointed me in the direction that I am now, I would have been a different person. And I'd like to think... I don't know. So I'm trying to do that with my kids. Um, I've got a collection of um, books at home. Um, film. I'm a huge film nut. I, I, I love... When I, when I use the word film, this is that pretentious word. I love... Um, I need realism. I need 
sorrow, I need darkness, I need philosophy. In fact, my favorite um, YouTube, which you might like, you might actually like this, um, YouTube channel is called um, uh, Stories of Old. Okay. So he takes film, um, like Terrence Malick. Um, so Terrence Malick is my, might be my favorite um, director. Nobody's ever, there's very few pictures of him. He keeps himself quiet. He was a philosophy professor and he realized that he hated teaching and the best way for him to teach was to actually make movies. So the Tree of Life, have you ever seen the Tree of Life? No, but I, through mythology, I know quite about it. So the Tree of Life is probably number three on my list. Um, of top movies? Top movies. Uh, number two is Synecdoche, New York, which is Charlie Kaufman, who's also a philosopher. Um, and and both of those movies, when you take both of them and put them together, they are Albert Camus. They are... Um, Albert Camus? Albert Camus is a, a French philosopher, French-Algerian, actually. Okay. Um, and his famous book is uh, either The, the Plague or... Um, my one of my top five greatest books is the myth of sisyphus in fact i'm talking about getting a big tattoo right here of sisyphus which is um okay okay now i gotta give you a little backstory okay let me have another drink here because we're getting into some deep stuff and i know we're running out of time here at the same time no we, um, got, we got another hour so the myth of sisyphus is greek mythology okay sisyphus was a king and he grew his kingdom not very honorably and he died and he went to the underworld and he snuck out of the underworld <laughs> and he came back and reclaimed his kingdom and i want to say it was uh zeus was so upset over this so upset so when sisyphus died again he condemned him to pushing a boulder up a mountain. It's kind of like Prometheus, if you the, you know the story of Prometheus and I'll I know the Aliens movie of that. So great movie, great movie. It I scares think me. yeah, but people the ratings it's it's high on the tomato meter, low on the people rating cuz they don't understand it. Anyway, so he is condemned to pushing a boulder up the mountain, up a mountain. Uh-huh. For all eternity. That sucks. He gets it to the top of the mountain. He's accomplished his goal, boom, and it rolls back down at the bottom of the mountain. Albert Camus says that, number one, Albert Camus is a atheist, an atheist, even though there's a quote about him saying, I will live my life as if God exists and find out in the end. Christopher Hitchens and a couple of other um, great scholars say the, the day we die will be the greatest and most um, enlightening day of our life we'll find out truth i actually kind of like that i like it does it it makes you kind of excited when you go right because either there's something do you remember the day before you were born yeah i was like <laughs> yeah. it's so dark in here <laughs> exactly now. or the day the the how about the earth right how about the four billion years before you were born do you remember any of that i do it was flat <laughs> it, was, <laughs> it was so flat, <laughs> flat. it was a giant tortoise 
and it was turtles all the way down. It was weird. Um, anyways, so he's basically saying, number one, you are going to die. And there's nothing after. So revel in today. That's why I brought about Albert Camus when you talked about Oh, present. Believe in the present. It's not YOLO. Don't YOLO. You know. YODO. Yeah. I mean, but believe in that there's value in today. Take care. Love your family. If there's any immortality, it is what you leave behind for your family or those that you leave in memory. So what he says with Myth of Sisyphus is as Sisyphus is pushing this boulder up this mountain, he has purpose. Now it's repetitive. Did you go to work today? No, I like my weekends. No, yeah, that's right. Okay. Did you go to work yesterday? I did go to work. You're going to go to work Monday? Uh-huh. How about Tuesday? Oh, yeah. So every single day you push a boulder up the mountain and it rolls back down. Oh. And every single day you get up and push it back up the hill again. We do the same damn thing that Sisyphus is doing, but it gives us purpose it gives us struggle. It gives us something to overcome. It gives us something to value ourselves on, identity. And in the end, he says, and in the end, we must imagine Sisyphus as happy. And there's this great line, at least maybe this is in my head, is as the boulder rolls all the way back down the mountain, Sisyphus stands on top of that mountain and looks out over whatever he's looking out over. And that's his time. It's his moment. He knows his purpose. He knows what he has to do. There's a great line out of The Gladiator. If you remember the movie The Gladiator. I love Gladiator. And his servant, after Marcus Aurelius dies, and his servant says, mostly I just do what I have to do. Oh, um, Cicero. Cicero. Yeah, subtle. It's such a subtle line. Mostly I just do what I have to do. So he's walking back down the mountain Mm -hmm. to go back down and push the boulder up. And I imagine that the sun's going down. He finds purpose in that. That's his moment. And and Camus, Albert Camus, wow, we're getting really deep here, but Albert Camus, at the end of the book, says one must imagine Sisyphus as happy. That's it. That's how the book ends. It almost is like a... Oh man, there's your blank spot right there. No, it's great. I'm, I'm like th- I'm putting more thought, like more thought into it because my first, my first thought is really dirty. <laughs> because, but it makes so much sense though. <laughs> Get so, dirty, come on. You're insects. You're working, 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 and then you climax, and you're like, <sighs> okay, bye. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's oh. There's a thing about um, bees, the whole bee backstory of, like, uh, Cheerios. No, I've never heard of it. What? Okay, it's not a backstory, it's a joke, but, like... <laughs> Same <laughs> so thing. Life Same is thing. like life is like the male bee. He he honeys, he nuts, he Cheerios. Oh, I've heard that. I've heard that. That's <laughs> Bye. He Cheerios. Yeah. Cheerio. Cheerio, lad. Uh, so, our purpose is to work, 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 make some progress, and mm. then just like the pendulum and innate this is like the philosophy for everything like your nation the world mainly nation i'll look at nations as an example you're a nation that's growing 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 
just like the Roman Empire or the United States Empire. It developed, it developed, it developed, it conquered all these lands, and it's still trying to play 52 pickup of, okay, we got a rebellion here, we pissed off the people here, now everyone hates white people, we're sorry, right. it's not my fault, it's my great-grandfather's fault, it don't have generational hate, I'm trying to make up for it. Anyways, we're at the height of our empire. We got all this cool sophistication. We have yep. a, all these cool things. Yep. Joke's on us. We kept sweeping all the dirt under the carpet, but now we have to move from the house, and we have to pull the rug out hey, of the... Great analogy. We have, to, we have to pull the rug out, and like, oh my god, look at the dirt. Oh, there's a dead rat under that rug. I have no idea. Well, now we have to remodel the house. And for some reason that represents, like the United States, for example, or Germany in the 1800s, or Rome and Rome for the, uh, or Rome. Rome was a big empire, then divided into two, then divided into four. California could go fuck off. Oops! <laughs> <laughs> this podcast is brought to you by... <laughs> this kid in California, we like, we like all your technology. Uh, we love, we love Cali. Love you guys. Love you, love you. But they're don't real. move here. California. Yeah, don't move to, don't move to Utah. I'll they come could, visit. At, but there have been times, like, there's so much dirt under a nation's carpet where we're trying to figure out how to sweep it all up, but then there's more dirt keeps piling up where we got multiple recessions. Then we figure out we got lead poison in the water, brought to you by the Roman Empire. And then... You have states like Texas that wanted to secede from the Union at one point. Then you have California that probably should secede from the Union because of their heresy and one other nut whatnot jobs. But we like your technology, so we'll keep you. Um, and the beaches. I love the beaches. The beaches. Yeah, I really like the beaches. Uh, the, wait, beach, wait, what would you say? Beaches or... You said beaches. Technology. Oh, yeah. technology. But yeah. their beaches are good too. I like their beaches. And the California a lot girls. Of be- <laughs> lot of, that's what I was. <laughs> I was talking about the beaches on the beaches. <laughs> oh <my God>. uh, <laughs> yeah, it, it's funny because it, it's not even funny. It's realist, and that's why I love Will Durant. You gotta read. He's real. Listen to Will Durant, as he's like, we're all the same. Honestly, every single group of people has their skeletons in the closet. Um, My family uh, is... Here's what's funny, and this is a great joke. Um, I am a German... My heritage. Okay. German, Jewish, Mormon. Mormon? German, Jewish, Mormon. Now, can you get any more oxymoron or oxymormonist than that? Oxymoron. So, right? Okay, I got a big question. Is is Jewish an ethnicity or is it a religion or is it both? That's a great question. It's a great. It's both. It has to be. It follows up with corn. Is corn a vegetable, grain, or it's a fruit? It's all three of them. Uh, And then Mormon. It's like. Oh, you're an ethnicity. Wow. You seceded from Ohio. Bye. Well, so the book I'm reading right now is called No... No, I, I've got two books I'm reading right now. Actually, three. No, two, because I finished On Tyranny today. Um, no Man Knows My History. Fawn Brody. She was the niece of uh, David O. McKay, who was the prophet back in the 40s. 
This book was released in 1944. It's very well researched. She footnotes everything. And Joseph Smith leans heavily on Hebrew history. Interesting. To derive, and I'm now I'm probably going to step across the line, but to derive his quote-unquote revelations. We can use allegedly. Allegedly. His revelations. He allegedly had a revelation. See, that's the cool thing about this show, is you could say whatever you want as long as you follow up with allegedly. Allegedly. So right, that, right. And then we tell people, do your own research. Now that we've given you a little free sample, go and figure it out. I can fly. Allegedly. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe in, in your dreams. No, you can fly. You can I can, fly. I can. My third floor? All right, let's it's, prove it. Hang on. <laughs> Everybody listening? Uh, you, uh, they also derive uh, Masonically, too. Absolutely. Absolutely. It's it's insane. I just... Oh, I don't know. My, 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 my father's family and my um, mother's family are very devout LDS uh -huh. Mormons. My dad, not at all. My mom, not at all. They were the black sheeps, and they found each other, right? And here I come. However, at 13, 14, I'm living in Davis County, Utah, which is just north of Salt Lake City. Um, everybody's Mormon. Mm -hmm. Everybody. Like, everybody. Long story short, I've got a hunger for knowledge. Um, I've read the Book of Mormon Five times, I think. Bible, three times. I've read the Quran, the Upanishads, the Tao Te Ching. I've read just about every single piece of religious text I can get my hands on with with that at least fall in the mainstream, right? Um, my amazing wife, who's a flight attendant, and my daughter is a flight attendant as well. By the way, they're in North Dakota right now as we speak. Oh, cool. Um, together, they're working the same flights. Um, we get pregnant, so I marry her, and she says, I'm, I, I want to raise my kids in the Mormon church. I'm like 19 years old, 20 years old, whatever I was right there, and I'm like, hell yeah, or heck yeah, <laughs> gosh darn it, it. <laughs> me and the beaver do it together. No. <laughs> so I dive in. Anyways, it was, it was rough. It was rough. We separated three times. I mean, I'm giving you information. I probably shouldn't, but we separated. You and, but Do you want me to cut this out? No, 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 no. All, all I'm saying is that it, it was rough. And all through that time, so I know a lot about the Mormon church. I mean, I know a lot and I know, I'm not, how do I say that? Again, pretentious. I, I think I probably know more than most members do. This is the pretentious part. Before, I was not pretentious. No. But okay. okay. Yeah, but so I. So you, you know a whole uh, lot of stuff. What, what I'm saying is that yeah. I've been in it. Mm -hmm. I've, I know all about it while I'm in it. And I know a lot about it while I'm out of it. When, when you mentioned, um, the tribes, when you mentioned the hunter-gatherers thing, it's like, we don't know those people. We're going to go kill them. Right. In my experience trying to... Because I've been going to... I'm going to North and South Carolina. Hey, hey. I've been going to the East Coast a lot. And I've found that a lot of people 
not just in the East Coast, but I found a lot of people have a lot of disliking towards the LDS Church. Right. And so they're like, how can, how can you believe such a thing when they uh, when they believe this guy that was marrying a 13-year-old and all this other jazz? Like, all these discrepancies to... It's like, you can't even pinpoint the history of, like, how did people from Jerusalem all the, make it all the way to South America and Jesus showed up, you know, Nephi, Nephi 3 and 4 and whatnot. And I thought to myself, just like you said with the boat, the boat story where it's not about the story it's about the the message the message and i had a hard time trying to when i read the book of mormon i was just like i had such a hard time trying okay they have to either have to go through russia have to go through alaska to get to where they need to go or they take a boat all the way around from israel down the mediterranean all the way across and and so like i had to step step back and i had to filter out like okay it's not you can criticize any religion you want, you, especially this one, because there's a lot of weird things that the this the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints does. Historically, it does. But the core values of it are absolutely. beautiful. Yeah, absolutely. I freaking... And note that Utah Mormons are very specific in their ways, and they're very... They have a lot of bad rap towards them, and it's justified. However, there is a lot of good values about the people and the religion that it teaches, especially helping people help other people, and not just their own religion itself, but people outside the religion. Be a good person. Be Follow the Ten Commandments. Love thy neighbor. There's a reason for all these things, and they can't explain it, obviously, but I like my coffee anyways. Coffee is delicious. And I love coffee. Yes, and it's okay because they drink corn syrup and Coke is fine, so it's okay. Energy drinks are cool. Oh, wait, Mountain does Mountain Dew have caffeine? <gasps> Mountain Dew has caffeine. <laughs> <laughs> sorry, my law. Oh, I just learned something new. <laughs> my, I'm sorry, I'm going on a rant here. No rant, because like, yeah, it's every religion has like those fanatics they have ridiculous people they have people that really paint a bad picture for the religion yada 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 you can there's so many bullshit stuff that's inside everyone's religion like the islamic religion if i remember reading the quran correctly it's everyone who isn't a muslim is an enemy Disney. same thing in the bible is it everyone who's not a christian <laughs> basically yeah and i thought to myself i'm like so is God pretty much singing war pigs from Black Sabbath. Yeah, absolutely. Like, humans are just designed to say, yeah, I hate that guy too. Why should, like, we're, like, designed for impulse and we're, like, the next step of us trying to find enlightenment is saying, hold on, let's stop impulse and stop assuming. Let's talk about this and try to find the middle ground, the equilibrium is the freaking way not socialism not marxism no. even though it's allegedly beautiful no but trying to find a balance between muslim and christian trying to find balance between jews and nazis I don't know. well the funny thing is is that okay exclude that last part so so, so what, what's funny <laughs> to me is that <clears throat> the 30 years war 25 million people died 30 year war 30 years war what? Was eighteen thirty to eighteen twenty to eighteen fifty? Okay, I'm sorry. Se- sixteen, sixteen. Wow, that was bad. You're good. Sixteen twenty 
Maybe right there. Martin Luther, 1520 to 1550. Wow. You're good. Way bad. 1550 to, f- to 1520, essentially. Martin Luther it was the Protestants and the Catholics. It was a quarter of the population of Europe. Slaughtered each other for 30 years. What's the difference between a Protestant and a Catholic? Now, for those of you that are Catholic, you'll tell me. For those of you that are Protestant, you'll tell me. For the rest of us, there's no difference whatsoever with a few things. With a few things. Is the body of Christ actually in the sacrament? Um, Allegedly. Allegedly. What? That, that's what we killed each other over? Um, what I'm saying is that I don't... The middle ground is already there. The difference between Islam and Christianity is minute. The difference between Judaism and Christianity and Islam is minute. The difference between Western religion, which is Judaism, Christianity, and Islam, and um, Buddhism, Hinduism, Taoism, is fairly vast. However, to your point, and you can disagree with me with, if you want, okay. I, and I, 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 wish, I hope you will, um, is the beauty of the Mormon Church is the help everybody, take care of everybody, love everybody, love your neighbor. Okay, that's the same thing in the Christian or Catholicism. It's the same thing in Protestantism. Same thing in Baptists. Same thing in actually in Islam. It's the same thing in Hinduism, Buddhism. Morality does not derive from structural religion. It was there well before anybody became a deist or a theist. It was there in going back to the evolution of God. It was there when we were tribes. Take care of the person next to you. Take care of everybody around you. Be a good person. Don't lie. Don't cheat. Now, somebody attacks our tribe. Yeah, to hell with them. Let's, I was actually going to drop the F-bomb there, but you know as I refrain. Yeah, to hell with them. Right to, brought to you by World War One. Brought to you by World... Yeah, well, that was... Yeah, wow. We started a great started, analogy. Great <laughs> analogy. He punches my friend at the bar. I'm gonna punch him. Right. He signed a peace agreement. Oh. He attacked that. Yeah. I told him that I'd back him up. Yeah. Um. So you mentioned about like going to the gym. So this ties into what I'm thinking of. Um. So there are uh, a lot of people I know that are not religious, and they ask me, "Why do I need a religion to tell me that I need to do these things, like the Ten Commandments, like you know, be good to one another and whatnot?" Um, you don't need it. It's like you don't need a gym. You can go. You can stay at home and do pull-ups. You can do push-ups. You can do jumping jacks. You can do whatever. You um, right. you buy a pull-up bar. Um, but religion is. A remember it's a reminder it it exists right. because if we don't have it's almost like why you should save all your written copies of books because once technology goes like an EMP or something all you have is this and yeah. throughout your centuries you have like the Celtic mythology you have the Norse mythology you have Egyptian you have Japanese mythology you have all these religions and groups that existed 
but a lot of it has faded away once the old guard has died and you're the next generation. It's like, I don't really give a shit what my grandpa and grandma thinks. Right. I'm going to do my own thing. And it's like, right. this is what they, they're like the hard-ridden people. You know what? I'm more libertarian than conservative. I'm going to do my own thing. And, right. And, but there's know, something to be said about They need reminders. Everybody that came before us, and I mean everybody, yeah. something to be learned. We are no different... Um, from a biological standpoint than the people that lived 6,000 years before us, with the exception to maybe we're taller and we live longer. As far as intelligence and the capacity for intelligence, there's really not a lot of difference. The reason I say that is because we inevitably believe that the generation ahead of us were smarter than they are. And I would argue, and again, you need to read this book. I'm, again, I'm only 20% into it. Neil um, Postman. Post, Postman. Yeah. You're going to have to write it down for me. Postman. Later. Um, uh, if you were to read what Abraham Lincoln said off the cuff in front of thousands of people and read it to somebody that was standing at Walmart... I, I'm accused many times of my Facebook posts. There, I don't understand what you're saying. I, it's it's beyond my capacity. I'm like, okay, well, wait, wait. No, it's not. It's actually, believe me, it's not past your capacity. Slow they down. They just don't take the time. They don't take the time. Or they want something, they want a meme. They want a picture. They want, all, all I'm saying is that, actually, I believe that we've devalued the the language period it doesn't matter what language it lol is. huh yeah lol <laughs> right exactly um and i forgot where i was going right now but at the same time what i'm saying is that um there are there were the same capacity of people smart and, and religion you're right you nailed it on the head religion are the bumpers on the bumping line on the on the bowling line <clears throat> The difference is, is that they existed like before religion. Mm -hmm. Take care of yourself. Take care of others. Don't lie. Don't cheat. Don't steal. Be a good person. Because in my opinion, evolutionary psychology is necessary for us as human beings 200,000 years ago. As we came out of the ape or whatever we came out of, we couldn't exist suddenly became more aware of ourselves that i'm alive uh there's things around me oh i see you you and i are together hey uh if we're gonna live this through we got to take care of each other right and it evolved into this thing where and inevitably jordan peterson like him or not um oh jordan yeah I'm, I'm 60 percent on him because he gets a little weird he's joe rogan to me um he, he has a book called um, Maps of Meaning. And he talks about how as, as we as human beings 150,000 years ago were sitting around this, we discovered fire, so we're sitting around the campfire. What's behind us in, at 2 in the morning? Darkness. Darkness. However, darkness is also where everything grows. Everything lives. All the food is. In the daytime, it's okay. But the fire is security. And he talks about how mankind over however our existence, however long our existence, whether it's 200,000 years or 100,000 years, 
has developed to where we find security, which is the fire, and darkness, which is anarchy. We need the anarchy. The balance. That balance. The equilibrium. Which inevitably comes to woman in all of our religions is the bearer of earth, is the bearer of fertility, which is also danger, temptation. Security is God. Security is the fire. Security is the light. absolute the light. Right? Yeah, the light. Yeah, the light. And so we want to stick to that. But gosh dang it, the food is out there. And uh, birth is out there. The animals and life is growing out there. And so what it inevitably... Adam and, Eve. Adam and Eve. And it develops into that. And religion stems from that. And inevitably, out of religion grows Democrats and Republicans. Republicans are conservative. We want to stick to what we know. We're going to stay by the fire. We know this. We know this. We know this. We know this. And Democrats are like, no, no, no. We got to fix shit. We got to go out and fix it. We got to fix it. Now, maybe they're wrong. Or try something new. Yeah, we're going to screw it up. Yeah, we are. Well, actually, Democrats don't believe that. They believe that they're right and everything. But at the same time, so do the Republicans. And he equates it all the way. He takes all the way back to Mother Nature. Of the darkness is out there. The fire is safe. We need both. <laughs> and takes it in. It's a 35-hour book. And brings it all the way down to where. And I'm like, now I think, again, 60% of it is brilliant. 40% is like, ah, okay. And so that, that goes for, well, religion. That's so like. You know I hail now for one denomination. I believe in multiple religions because I think they all have a little bit of the good, the bad, and the ugly in them. Good movie. I love that movie. But they all... That's why... You know he's going to die someday. Clint Eastwood? Yeah. I know. Is he he 97? I don't know. He's 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 old as hell, but... We'd still lose a fight to him. Get off my lawn. Exactly. (laughs) (laughs) So, 40, 60% type of thing. They all have, like, a little bit of, yeah, the the truth, and they have a lot of human ideology, and they have a lot of BS, because it all comes with the package. It's just kind of like when some guy is running for president. He has a lot of good ideas, and he's telling you, we're going to do this, and then... It's like our game plans that we're like, all right, today I'm going to do the dishes. Today I'm also, after work, I'm also going to make dinner. And you're like, yeah, you know what, since I'm in the administration now, we're just going to order takeout. I'm going to go to the gym tomorrow. Uh, no, it's a, it's a Sunday, young man. <laughs> no, no, I'm not going to the gym tomorrow. I can say that. So, like, yeah, that's actually kind of like a good analogy. I'm patting myself on the so back. So almost that. two hours ago, what was the opening thing that I said? Was was uh, the road is road to hell is paved with good intentions? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. That. It's like all this sounds good and all that, but I also believe in the double edge. Everything has a double edge. Amen. Everything is a trade off. All a trade off. You're you're wanting to make the fine cut on this way but then you find out that you accidentally used the dull side of the blade right or or things didn't turn out the way you intended and you sacrificed this in its place to get and you realized you made a mistake you know and the, and every leader 
every freaking leader is if you're planning to be a leader you have to accept that you're going to be crucified not late not like a legitimately legitimately crucified you are going to you're going down as a history in history as a tyrant or someone who tried you're, you're going to be criticized which again my stupid analogy with security and i'm going to throw something in here that you shed some light on for me okay security which is the opposite of insecurity mm -hmm. empathy and patience i'm going to throw your patience in there patience is that third thing because as a leader you got to be secure i'm making the right decision i'm the leader this all falls on me i'm going to do what's best and the reason I'm going to do what's best is because I'm empathetic as to what everybody needs. I'm trying to stand in your shoes. I'm trying to understand what you need. At the same time, balance. I can't just hand you money, but I need to balance, okay, how do I attack this? And at the same time, patience, because knee-jerk reactions across the board in any, whether it's a relationship or running a country, you kind of screw yourself over. And it's... It's it's funny too that we're as a nation we're able to take where we've been around for what over two hundred years. Same with all the there's other nations that've been around. The oldest flag that still exists is the Austrian flag from the 1600s or 1800s. Not my point. I'm trying to get at is in the old days, like in the Alexander the Great times, Greek. When you have an army that goes against another army and they clash, it's a one and done thing. Exactly. You only have like either one or two more hits and your nation is done. Us, we have the benefit of every time we screw up, we're like, okay, we have recovery, right? By the way, we have to increase our technology because you, quoting from, um, oh shoot, it's On War by Carl von Clausewitz. Carl von Clausewitz okay. said that you cannot fight the new war with the old war technology. You cannot. So like the war of 1812 you can't fight the old you, you war cannot. with the same type did, of did we win Af afghanistan or not now ask me five years ago I did we win afghanistan yes how do how the hell do you overthrow a country how the hell do you overcome a people now with the internet and with and i'm not saying afghanistan has all that but what i'm saying is that it's, it's the same thing, and this is why the Romans were so successful. It's a great... You've seen Monty Python, The Life of Brian? No, I actually only watched a little bit of the Mon Monty Python. So I'm a huge Monty Python fan. Now, um, Holy Grail, you got to watch Holy Grail. You ha I did. You I saw the, the guy that has all his, the, the bunny rabbit that kills everyone. Right. And the watch it again. However, this conversation right here, watch The Life of Brian. So... The um, I think it's the um, oh People's Front, uh, Judean People's Front. Okay, so it's a it's a organization that's against the Romans. Okay, and they're sitting in Brian, who is mistaken as the Messiah. They're sitting in his house, talking about how they're going to overthrow the Roman government, while Brian, who's the Messiah, is mother who is a prostitute <laughs> it's a it's amazingly beautiful hilarious complex and i'll tell you my favorite line out of it here in a second 
anyways, they're standing in this room and they say, uh, he says, what have the Romans ever done for us? This is the beauty of the Romans. He says, oh, well, uh, they did give us the aqueducts. <laughs> right, well, other than the aqueducts, what have the Romans done for us? Well, they did keep the streets safe. Right, but other than the aqueducts and the streets being safe, what have they done for us? They did bring us wine. Right, but other than the... <laughs> it keeps right? going on. Yeah, it just goes on and on and on about all the benefits that the Romans literally brought without interfering with their religion, their culture, their beliefs. They did not try and change their beliefs. America walking into Afghanistan... Here, we're going to throw all these changes. Right. Not going to happen. By the way, your women now have rights. What? What? Yeah, exactly. It takes two rights. Oh, by the way, this is from the Quran. It takes two votes of a woman to equal one vote of a man. Well, or five-eighths of a black man to equal... Is that Russia? No, it's... Oh, five-eighths. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, um, sorry. So, okay, not really quick. Not a giggle. Sorry. I have to tell you the greatest so line out of Monty Python. Okay. Okay. Uh, so man's about to get stoned. Right. Okay. In in life of Brian. Wait. Which, three fifths. Was it three fifths or three five? fifths? Three fifths. I'm sorry. Not five eighths. You bastard. I threw you off. <laughs> You're okay. I had to think about that. Go on. Sorry. So, Monty Python. Brian and his mother are going to a stoning. His mother has to don a beard. To pretend like she's a man because there are no women allowed at any of the stonings. Mm -hmm. So as they walk, as they get there, they're all women. There isn't a single man there. They're all, which by the way, Monty Python, they're all male actors dressed up like women pretending to be men. <laughs> it's it's, it's, it's whole absolutely brilliant. Male actors dressed up like women pretending to be men at a stoning in in Jerusalem. So they're there, and this man's about to be stoned, and John Cleese is, is the, whatever, the bishop or whatever, and he's like, uh, um, sir, he calls out the guy's name and says, you are hereby um, convicted for stoning for the crime of blasphemy. And the guy looks at him and says, and everyone goes, oh. He goes, he says, all I, this is my favorite line, all I said to my wife was that piece of halibut was good enough for Jehovah. <laughs> it was good enough for Jesus. Je but they go, <gasps> everyone goes, ah! and he goes, <laughs> he said it again. <laughs> Jehovah. Oh, you can't say Jehovah. Right? So he goes, <gasps> you're only making it worse. And he goes, making it worse? What are, you, what are you talking about? And he starts dancing. He goes, Jehovah, Jehovah. <laughs> starts dancing around. Anyways, he ends up uh, going through everything. And somebody th prematurely throws a rock and hits the guy in the head. And he says, we haven't started yet. And he goes, who threw that? Who threw that? And he goes out of the crowd. And she goes, she did, she did, she did, she did. He did, he did. <laughs> okay. And he goes, all right, I want everybody to listen to me. Nobody is to stone anybody unless I blow this whistle. I want to make that absolutely clear. Even if I, even if they do say the word 
Jehovah. <laughs> Suddenly, John Clues is the Roman, whatever, the main guy. It's like, don't forget, I'm about to say he's the He's not word even Roman, he's Jewish, yeah. He's the Jewish high priest that's running the entire thing. He says, even if they do say the word Jehovah, and everybody stones him. Because <laughs> he just said the word Jehovah. <laughs> the... I'm going back to the intelligence thing, so now that you brought that up, like the same intelligence back then, I... Th it took me a long time to go through, um... I was investigating... A religion for seven years okay and I went through 32 um, missionaries okay I went through over 32 missionaries right and the reason why is because all of them sounded like drones they they came out right from their uh, schooling and they're just like we believe this yeah they're just like no 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 I want someone to actually tell me the reality I want you to give me the realist information like none of them can do it and i will like answer answer the question about why do we pay tithing why do we do this why do we do this why do we do this and i and then when it came to before baptism that they asked me the, the questions like do you believe in this person and all their things i'm like he's human not really but he's trying and i'm trying and whatever fine yeah, you of course say, yeah, and allegedly. Yeah, it pretty much allegedly. Like I'm giving you the benefit of the doubt. Everyone has a short leash of trust and faith, all or nothing. and I'm giving all or nothing. Okay, well I'm gonna go off myself then. <laughs> right, right, but uh, this. Yeah. So I just uh, where was I going? Oh yeah, yeah, the drone thing, drone thing. So in society, like all these nations, that they did, they did have the potential. The, the individuals of the nation had the potential to really develop themselves but since you have a limit on food and we have to work eight hours a day up to 12 hours a day just to make ends meet you know we have to only it's our channeling our energy where where can we channel our energy to what are we limited to the capacity and when you have martin luther it's like hey here you go here's the translation I'm like oh my god Exactly. I exactly. finally have a new opening pathway. I've been paying indulgences on my dead grandfather for 40 years. You built that cathedral with my three pence a, a month. And suddenly I'm reading it. There's not a... Even back... Forgive me. Not a goddamn thing in the Bible about any of that? No, that's just upkeep for a building. And not just the building, but... um money can go wherever that's where it gets dirty is when you have uh, a leader that's wanting needing to take care of the people it's like so why are we building another church is it to spread the word of god i'm like right because when we send our missionaries out that we have to pay for their car bill we have to pay for their food and then people have charity because they're good people but that we just designed them that way or it just so gets so convoluted when you get money involved but throughout the centuries you have all these people that have the potential but on a social structure, they're all limited to the empire or the factions group, the their ideology. So they all become drones. And then when you have people that are getting allowing themselves to free think, like that's why I love podcasting, is you're not limited to the news right. telling you what, what what they believe is the truth. So I'll ask you this. I'll ask you this and 
you go bowling. We've used this analogy a couple of times, right? Okay. Oh, the bouncing. If you, if you were to go bowling tomorrow, you and I, we go bowling. Okay. Um, you got three options. Okay. No bumpers. Ball might go in the gutter. There are bumpers, which means the ball bounces all the way down, back and forth, all the way down the lane. You're guaranteed to hit some pins. Or, the third one, you will get a strike every single time. Which one do you choose to play? Uh, what is it called? Free market? Free market system? Austrian uh, economics? Is it Austrian economics? Oh, I thought which it was... Is like, like, laissez-faire I thought it was command economy well, laissez-faire is completely free which is there's there there's no bumpers Austrian is more there's bumpers um, controlled economy which I won't say the C word nor the F word the other F word um, <laughs> which means controlled economy they all have and this goes beyond economics this goes to your life your which is uh the pre-existence which, which sucks, one do you choose which sucks because you have you have this with with bowling they're all designed actually now i have a response for you okay bring it <laughs> for bowling that we know now all those things are designed for a purpose why is the floor waxed why is the bumper there why is the gutter there so command economy i use the c word now, I was thinking of the other C word. So, I think of, uh, um, if we're going to talk about feeding the people and economics and whatnot, subsidized food. So you have wheat. You have wheat, you have water, you have electricity, you have gas, and whatever else falls as a subsidy. Right. I feel like command economy would fit in good right there. Right. When it comes some to... Some of the basics. Some of the basics, because that's what the foundations you need to lay upon is a governing structure to make sure that ev the the basic, the stuff that's really important is taken care of, even though they won't do a good job as long as they keep us filled. And once they fail to keep us filled, that's where you kind of end up having a revolution. French Revolution, Russian Revolution, it happens. They all end up in a mess, yeah. And so it's a... It's a filter. It's a pendulum that always swinging. You have right. the height. Once you once you stop stop. Um, okay, hold on. Uh, sorry. Then you have your bumpers, and then you have your gutters, which I'm trying to figure out how to do the analogy for that. But the point is, like, um, you have the luxury of your phone. But back then, like World War One, for example, they had pigeons. Right. Uh, they had pigeon trainers to get a message out to the other line. You have a radio system, so that's limited, but it um, it's nice to have free entrepreneurial and free thinkers to be able to come up with that design. So you need to have a place for these really smart thinkers to be able to express yourself. So, And you don't know who that is. So as a nation, you need to have an open field where you're allowed to think and not be controlled by the drone thinking. Because once you have a drone thinking, it's 1984. You're all absolutely. You're all screwed. Right. So, um. However, you as an individual need to learn and need to start thinking for yourself to branch out and say, you know what? 
there is something wrong and my life is not going the way I need it to. I need to take the initiative and start changing and things need to start happening because I know that me having an addiction to Minecraft, it's like I freaking love it, man. But I need to start moving them with my journeymans. I need to start focusing on these other things that I need to take care of. I need to find the balance. And so, in regards to econ economy, the world, and your governing system, there has to be an include, in my opinion. You have to, I think you should, you don't have to, include all these things because there's some cool things that you have no idea what's about. And if once you start closing yourself out from these ideas... You can't close yourself off from meth and opium. That's oh, that's fine. no, that's, that, fine. that's, that's fine. you nailed it. So uh, I, I'm so giving you just a touch of that. Ooh, there we go. I get a treat. No, but because you nailed it on the head, you nailed it on the head. And I'm not saying I'm right. I'm not saying I'm right. What I'm saying is that you're right. I feel pretty good about my answer. No, you <laughs> nailed it. The, the problem is, it, it, and this is what um, Neil. Portsmouth or Portman or whatever his name is and and Martin Gurry and even Dostoevsky says is that you cannot if you're talking in absolutes this is the way it goes you're wrong the Mandalorian oh right but you nailed it on the head life is always changing but it's still the same it's exactly but at the same time you named a couple things that you need to you know fully well that are trap doors that you need to exclude from your life and everybody does meth drugs right so personally as a personal life that bowling lane for you you have to eliminate those things you have to. So it's like you're, you saw that there is some debris in the lane. And you can you can dodge it. You can, however. It's still there. Let's, let's say that the gutter is actually meth. Okay. You want, the, you want the bumpers there. Which goes to say, as I said earlier, I cannot be libertarian. I cannot. I want to be. I, I want to be. I really do. Laissez-faire economics, which is like, sorry, I'm going to say it. Fuck it all. Everything's going to fall apart. Do what you do. You fail. You failed. What I am saying, though, is that the problem with that is is um, monopolies develop. Yes. And, and barriers to entry develop. The rats. Right. Exactly. So you need those bumpers so that when you throw that ball yeah do what you gotta do uh when you let that ball go you know it's even if you make a mistake at the age of 27 somebody's gonna kind of make sure you correct a little bit they're not they're not gonna perfect what you need communism was all about perfection this expectation of utopia that we're all going to arrive at this place if we are only willing to make the sacrifices we need. They made too many damn sacrifices. They killed, Stalin killed 25 million people. Brought to you by Ukraine. 
Sorry. Exactly. Which depends on how you look at it. The Red Famine by Ann Applebaum. You have to read that. Holdemore. Oh, yeah. Holodomore. Yeah, exactly. Holodomore, uh, No, it is beautiful. In, in all of that, that entire crisis right there, uh, the Volan region, which is a southeastern region of Poland, you have to watch the movie... Starvation. Volan. No, no, no. It was worse. Imagine right on the border of Ukraine and Poland. Okay. It's Polish-controlled, 60% Ukrainian. I see. Here they come. Oh! No, actually, uh, let me think this through. Hang on, hang on. Nope, first of all, the Germans take over the northern part of Poland. Okay. Okay? 1939. Two weeks later, Russia steps in. They take over the Volan region. They tell everybody that's there, they're all orthodox. They tell them that God doesn't exist, get rid of all the religious, get rid of everything. They strip them of everything. It's all about Stalin. It's all about communism. We're, we're in, we're in, we're in. People start, okay, okay. And less than two years later, Germany rolls through. Wipes out everything the, Germ the, the Russians ever said. And now it's all about the Jews. So the Jews that are there they start telling on each other and they start slaughtering their own kind okay two or three years later depending on how you look at it russia rolls back through and tells everybody they were all wrong the germans were idiots and now russia just rolled through who's in power in this time frame for about a year who's in power Nobody. Yeah, it's just like... So you've got Ukrainians, Polish, Protestants, Orthodox, Jews, and nationalists out of Ukraine because of what happened in 1933. 1932 to 1933 were 6 million. Anywhere oh. from 4 to 6 million, the Holodomor. They starved them to death. Ukraine is like, we speak Ukrainian, we don't speak Russian, we are ourselves, blah, blah, blah. A nationalist r arises. The whites. Right. Well, kind of, yes. Oh, yeah, yeah they were yeah. like their own spin We are our own country, and nationalism rises. They look up the northwest of them, and they go, those freaking Polish have been controlling that area. For, that's us. That's Ukraine. So they roll through. They don't have guns. They don't have TNT, they don't have dynamite, they don't have explosives. They have pitchforks, axes, and knives. And they kill, in the matter of two months, 85,000 people. They go from town to town and slaughter everybody for two months. Which, 102 years ago, which was uh, before World War One. Yeah. they had the same uproar and this is different now that you know russia invading ukraine but it's the same it's almost the same scenario 102 years ago it was ukraine poland uh, and germany and fin maybe finland they're yeah. all added at it again it's the same stuff it's and same. now you have people like us we're like we're, we're pretty much rothschilds there you go we don't I'm, I'm gonna tell my people that they shouldn't have guns but here's a bunch of guns so you can fight off them well and, and at the same time the problem is is that ah, 
and money. Sorry. It, it, it's, it's a It's a mess. The whole thing's a mess. It's been a mess for... And this is why I say... Because uh, I, I know there will be a couple of people that will listen to this all the way to the point that we're at. Right? I'd hope so. This is actually... Two hours, seven minutes this in. Is a, this is a good show. Um, this is a freaking good episode. Not yeah, biased. This is just a good just episode. Just pick up... Dive in. Turn off the TV. Stop watching The Bachelor. Please stop watching that. Stop watching The Voice. It's garbage. American Idol. Stop watching American Idol. It's all... I've got friends that have been on it. I've got really talented friends that have been denied on it. It's it's a it's a it's a manipulated game show. All of it is. Anyways, pick up a book. Get on YouTube. Say I've got thirty minutes right now. Teach me about the Volan region. V O L Y N. There's a great movie. It's, I think it's Polish. Um, and. They call it, because nobody knew what Volan was, they actually renamed it Hatred. Hatred. It will be the worst movie you've ever seen. Or, there's another movie called Come and See, which is a Russian film. Uh, 1985? It's at the top of almost every single um, list of the greatest movies ever filmed. The kid's 15 years old, and... Uh, it's about um, Germany invading Russia, 1942, and the horrors that happened. Anyways, all I'm saying is that pick up a book. Just do something different. Read some Tom Snyder. The book uh, on tyranny is a, it's, it's like a 40-minute read. Just read it. Take some time. Sorry. No, I, like a, I think that's a good, good cap. I'd also like to leave with y'all. Um, there's something Steve Harvey said that when you have people doubting you and you have all these people saying, no, that won't work, it's not going to happen. Steve Harvey said that whether you believe in God or not, quote, God has placed this vision in you and he didn't place in in others. So whatever you think is like, I gotta do this. This is like, I think this is a really good idea and whatnot. And you have all this doubt. It's because God didn't give the vision to those people. He gave it to you. And you're the only one who can see it. And so, don't let others doubt you. And I don't think how this pertains to what we're talking about. No, it does. It does. Security. It does. Security. Security. Be bold. Be bold. Go, go for it. Because... In my experience, I've been told, no, it's not going to work. And no, you can't do that. And I'm like, no, you know what? Screw you. I'm going. I'm just doing it because I want to prove you wrong, for one. Two, there's something in you, as is in me, that we see something and we have to achieve it. And it's, we... Send it. Send it, bud. My freaking motto. My intro to the show. Send it. Anywho... Yeah. Yeah. Dude, thanks, man. Dude, this was freaking awesome. Oh, I am so oh, glad I had right, you. All right, right, right here. Gla- yeah. Oh! Cheers. Oh, cheers, baby. All right, now. Well, before we go, I'd like to offer y'all to listen to <coughs> his band. I'll apologize to everybody ahead of time. No, actually, I'm pretty proud of this damn album. I think it's pretty good. 
Written, produced, recorded by me. For whatever that's worth. The Wayne Hoskin Band. Hoskins, the Wayne Hoskins Band. Yeah. Look it up. It's on Spotify. Is it on Apple or what is it? It's everywhere. Everywhere. It, it's everywhere. Look it up. The music's pretty good. I like his stuff. I met this guy at a bar. He's good at dancing. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm not. I'm horrible. I'm entertaining at dancing. He's entertaining. I'm entertaining at dancing. Oh, man. All right, y'all. Check his stuff out. He's an awesome guy. Love y'all. Thank you for listening. Fine.